We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host of this journey. Uh, today, we are joined by a longtime friend that I've known for quite some time. His name is Dave Sanderson. Dave, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jarek. Well, we're going to start with a question of the show and dive right in. And the question is, what do you believe the world needs more of? That's a great question because with all this, the things going around the country and the world right now, I think the world needs more gratitude mm. to appreciate that we're all, we're all in this thing together. And candidly, if uh, we have a more focus on gratitude for what we have instead of what we don't have or what somebody else has, I think we could all be much better off. I love that. And how do you practice yeah. that each and every day in your world? Well, that's, that's a great question because after the miracle on the mm. Hudson, that really was started to be one of my key focuses. I, uh, I figured out after that that my, I had a whole different mission in my life and I was just grateful to be alive. And I just people I was speaking to, I think, uh, realized that when they were talking to me that I was sort of a shift in my mindset where I was so focused, driven on achievement, achievement, achievement. And I stepped back and say, focus on gratitude and contribution. I think it helped me attract more people into my life. So I think that's what really changed. Mm. I, I love that. Now, you mentioned something which was the miracle on the Hudson. For those who aren't familiar, would you mind giving us a, a quick insight on what that was? Sure. Well, it's uh, if people have heard of the miracle on the Hudson, or if they haven't, it's a plane that uh, crashed into the Hudson River on January 15, 2009. It was the, noted as the most successful water landing or ditching in the history of aviation. And I was just happened to be, uh, be on that plane that day, and it uh, it it was a life-changing experience, not only because uh, I survived a plane crash, but it gave many lessons. That were, I got to employ many lessons that I learned throughout my life that uh, not only I got to do that day, but now I get to speak about and teach people by using this practical experience that people know about. And you can go back and, and read about it through history. Mm. That's powerful. And And do you still get on planes today? I just got off a plane a few minutes ago, so I fly over like you over a hundred times a year. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the it's one of the that's one of the quick questions I usually get, Jerk, because uh, some people from the uh, the Miracle Hudson still haven't got back on planes yet, and uh, I, I start realizing that. And I just realized if you don't get back and face your fear immediately, you may never face it again. And I think I got on the plane the next day. I think that was probably the, one of the smartest things I ever did. Because the longer I would have lasted in between not getting back on a plane, I had more reasons not to get back on a plane. Hmm. I think that's so powerful for all of, all of us, just because we face times in life where stuff doesn't turn out as we planned, uh, whether that's better or worse, but it shakes us up a little. And when it shakes us up, 
um, you know, that's the moment to step right back into it and do it again to show yourself that uh, you're on it and you have it. I had a friend who went skydiving and, and his original parachute didn't open and he was freaking out going, ah, and he pulled the backup parachute and it worked and he came down and his heart was racing. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they're like, okay, why don't you just rest, like relax? He's like, no, I got to go back up. And he yep. got back on the next jump and he went up there and he jumped and the main chute worked and he was fine. And they're like, that's crazy. Why did you go back so fast? And he said exactly what you just said. If I didn't yep. get myself to do it, I'd probably never get back up there again in my life. And he's like, right. if I were to get myself to do it right now, I've got a real chance at, at getting what I want out of life out of this, but I got to face it immediately. I can't let it simmer and I can't let it turn into a gigantic monster in my head. I got to take it down while it's small. Yep. And just like you, and you talk about likewise, it's, you, you got to face that immediately because you get that emotional, you get the emotions are already intact. So while the emotions are intact, you might as well embed it in your brain, embed it in your body. And the, the more time it takes, uh, you do have delay in that, less chance you have to do it. Powerful. Powerful. So our yep. second question is, what's your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are a couple life moments that help shape it? I think what, what, what makes me pretty unique is I, I've, I've experienced something that very few people have ever experienced. But I've been able to utilize that in a way to, uh, to also use it in business. And people say, you know, tell me an example. Well, one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, how, how 155 people that day came together who didn't know each other or care about each other, pulled together as a team, leaders stepped up, and all of a sudden a miracle occurs. I said, just think if you could do that in your business. Well, you, you actually care about people. And if you could just come together, check your egos at the door, leaders step up, how much work could you accomplish? Because all that was accomplished, Jarek, in six minutes. Hmm. In six minutes, people came together with a common mission. So I think that that's one of the, I think one of the wow factors I have is I give people a real life experience that people saw on TV. I, I just wrote a blog about this. About it was one of those seminal moments in history where it's just sort of like when man walked on the moon. You know where you were at. Mm -hmm. And people come to, I, I, last night. People coming up. I know exactly where I was at. So I think that's my, my wow factor. I think that uh, you know a way I I use, try to utilize that not only when I speak. But in my daily actions, I show people, you know, yeah, I, I try to walk by talk. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think that's people, there's so many people out there that can talk a big game, but people could actually walk the talk and show and give people that experience. And, you know, we talk about sensory acuity, visually, auditory, kinesthetically. I try to use all the senses and to give that people that experience. So I think that's probably one of the things that I do that may be pretty unique. Powerful, powerful. Here's a question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble over the years? Well, I'll tell you, a, a moment, I, it's sort of something that uh, I was going to share a little later, but I had the opportunity exactly where I'm sitting right here, where we're talking right now. My wife got a phone call from a neighbor, and they just needed to get their TV fixed. And there's a couple older ladies, and, you know, you, you can do whatever you can to help your neighbors. And my wife called me and said, can you go help them? And I said, sure. I walked down there and got their TV fixed pretty quick. And you know, they said, will you stay for milk and cookies? I'm like, of course, I love milk and cookies. Who doesn't like milk and cookies, right? <laughs> Especially if a couple older ladies could probably bake, right? So I'm, pretty, I'm all in. But here, here's, what, here's what happened. So they were getting milk and cookies. I was sitting on their couch and looking at some of the books on their coffee table, and they were books of concentration camps. Mm. And I love World War II history. I just, I, 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 I'll read it, listen to it, watch it. And when they came back out, Jarek, I said, hey, where'd you get this? This is, this is amazing. They said, well, we were there. 
they rolled up their sleeves and showed me the numbers they had on the inside of their arms. Mm. And I like, whoa, I said, please let me record it. They said, you can't record it, but we'll tell you the story. And all of a sudden I heard this story and I was so humbled to be in the presence of these ladies. And I said, what if in my, in my life now, if I could take people like this, who've been through one of the most horrific situations in the history of the world, hook them up with other people who are going through other traumatic life experiences, give them a point of perspective. Like, yeah, you're going through a challenging time, but these ladies not only survived, but thrived and came to the United States and had a life unbelievable. So now that's what I do. One part of the things I do, but it's called post-traumatic growth syndrome, help people grow by giving these people alternative, what I call virtual references. So I think that day was one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had to be in the presence of people who actually survived something that can lead six million people didn't. Wow. Wow. And what was the term you used for that again? It's called post-traumatic growth syndrome. And um, it's something I had never heard about until I was approached by AARP and they want to interview me for their magazine. And I, Kaylee, I didn't know why they want to interview me. I knew nothing about it. I thought I was too young for it anyway. And they said that they had heard that I'd helped the American Red Cross raise over $8 million at that point. And they, they asked if they could interview me. So I did. They said, we're using you as an example of what's called post-traumatic growth syndrome. It's the opposite of PTSD. Hmm. It's the strategies on how people grow from traumatic life experiences instead of going to a depressed state. Hmm. So I, that's what I did my TED Talk on. And it was, it was an amazing experience. I got to speak on the TED stage about this one thing that no one's ever heard about. Hmm. Powerful. And, and hopefully we can get in the tips a, a little bit more in the conversation yep. um, to, to connect with how to help people go through that. Yep. But I'm sure. going to jump into my next question, which what's an awe-inspiring moment, a moment that left you with your jaw on the ground, just a moment of awe? Um, well, I've had a few of them. Um, you know, I've, I think, and, I, and, this is, and you may have even been there when this happened. You might have even been on the property, but when I had the experience of being at your father's life mastery and I had the opportunity to escort General Norman Schwarzkopf mm. and you know I, I being around a four-star general was awe-inspiring but just being able to just ask him a couple questions was like to me it was like I've, I've been around a lot of people like that but being around the presence of somebody who's accomplished something like that I think that was really something that stuck with me it still sticks with me to this day it was one of the most awe-inspiring experiences I've ever had well, I'm curious. What did you ask him? Well, I just asked him. I said, I said General, how did you win the war so quickly? I said, I, said, I just want to know. I mean, we were together. I mean, I was, as you know, as I was part of the security team at that point, and I was responsible. And he, he gave me an answer, but what he wasn't expecting is this. I said, you know, can I ask you another question? And he looked at me like pretty audacious. It's like, but well, no one ever asked a general second question kind of thing, right? I mean, you got the answer. I gave you the answer, right, you young kid? And he told me, so he started saying, I'll tell you how I want it. And he started telling me his strategy behind getting people focused on the mission. And that was his job as a leader to focus people on the mission, hmm. course correct when he needed to. And all of a sudden, I'm like learning these lessons from a four-star general about how to get people's focus on mission. That's the key to how he got things done. And so that's what I do in my world, teach people how to get focused on the mission. And we can do that just like we talked about on the plane that day. We had a common mission, right? I didn't inspire. I mean, we all came together. We didn't even know each other, but it was a common mission. So that after having that experience and then and being able to live it in a, an experience like a plane crash, it really backed up what he was telling me. Mm. Powerful. Powerful. What about this? What's your greatest fear? 
you know, I think my greatest fear is that, you know, I, I just, I won't be able to give enough. I, you know, I, I, it's, I, my, one of my focus is every day is how can my question is how can I add even more value, right? I want to add more value to people. How can I give more? Again, Zig Ziglar talks about, right? You give more, it comes back. And I think one of my fears is I, I get stretched too thin. And I haven't in one of the challenges I think I have and I got to work on is my in my around time management is making sure I get the people around me who deserve my time instead of need my time. Mm. And that's that's what I'm working on now. So that's my problem. One of my biggest fears now is making sure I'm with people who deserve my time. Mm. And how do you qualify that? How do you qualify the difference? Well, you know, some people, you know, and we were talking about this a little bit before we even came on. Some people want to talk, talk to you and they want to use your name and they want to be around you, which is very, is very honorable, right? I mean, honor, but people who deserve the time have, they have, you can tell it in their voice and tell the way they approach you is they have a need. They have a need, but they really, they want to connect with you on a different level. And they, they're more, and they, they, I think they were more interested in how I got to where I'm at instead of saying, just give me something. See, I get that all the time, and it's, I'm honored that people want to talk to me, Jarek, but can't only, people are just going to just give me the strategy right now instead of, you know, I had to spend 55, 56, seven years of my life to learn this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I mean, it's, you know, it's delayed gratification, right? It's just not overnight. And I talk about that, what happened to my mission. You know, I got my mission, did my mission statement at a date with Destiny back in 1994. It was 2009 before I started realizing that. It was, you know, God's delays are not God's denials. But, you know, people want to, you know, the people who need something just want to right now instead of learning that you got to put the time in and put the reps in, just like Tom Brady does. Tom Brady's for 40 some years old. He's still putting the reps in. That's why he's the greatest of all time. Powerful, powerful. Here, now, what are you most excited about for your future? Well, and one of the things I'm really excited about is, I'm, you know, I this last summer, and this is I just shared this a couple of weeks ago. You know, my first mentor's name was Bill, and here's the short story about Bill. I met Bill in 1986 when I was managing restaurants, and he, uh, all the first thing I knew about Bill is he wore a flannel shirt, he drove a pickup truck. That's, you know, that's why I met Bill. That's, that's you know, no big deal. We were in North Carolina, but I found out Bill owned 80 movie theaters through North and South Carolina. He was a multimillionaire, and he's like the Sam Walton of Charlotte, and he took me under his wing. He was my first mentor. And he was teaching me over the 13 years we were sort of together, he was teaching me these life lessons or these business lessons, right? And I didn't know, I was putting things together, but, you know, sort of, you're still young, you sort of figure things out. But what happened this summer was this, Bill passed away in 1997, and right before he passed away, he gave me something. And he gave me a handwritten notes that he took back from when he got from his mentor back in the 1920s about his 12 principles of business success. And his, he got this in the 1920s from his mentor, who probably got from somebody in the early 1900s. He said, and his last, last time I talked, he said, Dave, your job now just is to give this and pass this on. This is going to be part of your legacy. He said, promise me you're going to pass this on. So I promised him that. Now, you know, 20 years later, come, we're coming up. All of a sudden, I'm opening this book up, and I'm rereading, and I found those notes. Mm. And I, these are handwritten notes from the 20s. And so I'm sitting there, I'm, I was, I was you talk about awestruck, I was awestruck. Mm. So what I'm more, most excited about now is I'm going to take this, I'm, I'm packaging this up. And that's why I talk about people who deserve it instead of need it. Everybody needs this stuff. I'm going to work and talk with people who deserve it, who really want to take this on and will promise me that they'll take this legacy on to the next level because this stuff's timeless. Some stuff, every, you know, some, a lot of people have taught, 
but Bill packaged it up in a way that made it made it so powerful that now I'm practicing it, and now it's my job to pass it on. So that's what I'm most excited about. That's exciting. That's very yep. exciting. Yep. I'm also curious to know what these ten principles are. <laughs> well, I will. I'll share with you the first two of them. Okay. Let's the first principle. First principle is take. Is the number one thing he told me is take personal responsibility. Hmm. Uh, and that's what he, you know. It's interesting because this is the 1920s, and this is right before the uh, the depression. And he was a young guy. He said his mentor told him if he doesn't take personal responsibility, then he'll never be able to grow. That was number one. He gave me this whole strategy on how to do that. And the second one is something that you do. We, I mean, all the great people do is, is they invest in their own personal development. You know, this and it was interesting because back then is when the, you know Think and Grow Rich and all that stuff was coming out, right? And he, Bill said he started reading these books in the 20s and 30s, and all of a sudden he bought his first theater. He told me the story. He bought his first theater. And that's when the movies were sort of getting to be a big deal, right? All of a sudden, you know, the big Hollywood was coming into play. He said he bought this theater in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we live, and he let people in for pennies. But people remembered that, that they let him in to give them entertainment in a downtime during the Depression. So people kept coming back and kept coming back. He said he started sort of developing the same strategies that Henry Ford and all these guys did, right? And like the assembly line, all of a sudden he started building assembly line like of the theaters. And that's how he grew his empire. Hmm. So... I mean, these are great. I mean, these are lessons that I mean everybody sort of talks about, but all he did is really package them up for me and gave sort of gave me the strategy that he got when he was a kid, and you know. And the last one, I'll give you number twelve because number twelve is the money. We talk affirm your mission every morning and before you go to bed. Mm. So you know, so yeah, you know, we talk about affirmations and things like. But he said every morning he'd do it when he get up and before he go to bed, so it's ingrained in his head. So every morning when he get up, he know exactly what his mission was every day. Mm. So those are three of the twelve. That's and so, I just, I'm excited. That's so powerful. I was talking to someone this morning and they said their 2019 goal for themselves is to stay consistent with what they said they were going to do. And, and that's the exact piece of information I shared with them. I said, you know, I, I could almost guarantee if you're inconsistent with something, it's because you're not reading it first thing in the morning and last thing at night. I guarantee yeah. it. Because if you read yep. it every morning and every night, I it's just in the front, forefront of your mind. You're going to do it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, so I mean, powerful. So powerful. I agree. Like he, one of the things he shared with me is like you know, form good habits and become their become their slave. Have discipline, and you know that was and it's it's that it's that discipline of every morning and every night. And I agree with you. So these are great things, and I can't I'm really excited to be able to share this with people who deserve to learn this and who will promise to take it on to the next uh, next generation. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're gonna switch gears to the second part of our show. We call this nuts and bolts. It's the tangible tangible tactical practical applicable type stuff someone could immediately apply into their daily life or business and so the first question of this section there's only three the first one is where do you spend the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now i have shifted that in the last several months where i was I'll be very candid and very open i'm very pretty all over the board but I'm consistently put discipline into my business, and so I spend a lot of time now, not not reading, but listening to to the old books, the books I've got, so I can get that in my brain. Because I've realized if I, I can do a lot of the, the administrative stuff, Jarek, like a lot of people do. I can't. Like sometimes I do get bogged down. But if I spend that time every day, with the, and I spend a lot of probably three or four hours a day listening to new books and listening to things. I get so much more create creativity in my brain going. I can now impact more people's lives and add value. So that's what I do. Mm, that's powerful. Now, what's a key to your success in that? How do you make that happen? I, I, 
yeah, you can use tech. Uh, one of the things I learned, I actually have the opportunity to meet a Super Bowl coach uh, when I was flying. I was actually flying on a private plane that day. I took a private plane, and we just happened to be in the airport, private airport at the same time. We were, I got to talk to him, and I asked him some of his strategy on how he won the Super Bowl. And, you know, he, he was giving me sort of that strategy. He's like, you know, every, every day I had to get people. You can use, he, this is what he said. He said, you can use technology as a tool or something that can hinder you. He said, I choose to use it for my team as a tool because most teams, when they walk into an NFL, you know, locker room, NFL meeting, they'll tell you to put your phones away. He said, I don't do that. He said, I get them out because one of the things I tell my people to do is I make a commitment to is turn your notifications on and commit to three things, how to be a, what it's going to take for you, for you, what kind of person do you need to be to win the Super Bowl? Not how many push-ups and how many reps you got to do. How what kind of person you need to be? And he said, he says every day you have to come in and he lets them have their phones out so they can be re, reinforcing their brains, what they've committed to themselves and what they've committed to the team. So that's one of the things that I, I talk about when I talk do my talks is I give them this little bit of interesting. Get your phones out. We're going to commit right now to how what kind of person do you need to be to get whatever goal you set for this year, and it can bring it up three times a day. It comes up on your phone, and I said after about two weeks, you get really tired of seeing it, but you get so ingrained, and you have to hold yourself to a different standard. Hmm. I love that. And, and so final question, what's one tip we could leave everyone with that they could apply in their life to achieve the kind of success that you've experienced in yours? Well, for number one thing, and I, and I think number one is you take care of your health. You know, and that's, you know, it sounds sort of maybe mundane, but Kayla, I think unless you take care of your temple and your body, you won't be have the energy to serve. And I let my body go a little bit. And all of a sudden I didn't have the energy to serve. So I would say the one tip you can do right now is, you know, and, and you can do whenever I do it at 530 in the morning, I get my blood flowing. I got to do whatever it takes to get energy in my body. So I can go 10 or 12 hours of serving at all different levels. And I say, if you don't, if you don't take care of your health first. It, doesn't, it else doesn't matter. And then, and then secondly is I pray every day because, uh, you know, I was actually in a business meeting with my minister, Canley, and we were talking and, and things weren't going real well, Jerry. It was one of those meetings where no one was happy, right? And all of a sudden I turned to the, my minister. I said, hey, Ken, you know, what did Jesus do? Every day in Jesus' life wasn't pixie dust and sunshine. I mean, Jesus had some bad days. He said when Jesus had a bad day, he'd go out back and pray. And I said, maybe that's a pretty good strategy. So I always start the day with a prayer and sort of sit me, get me centered with a prayer in my health. And all of a sudden, the day uh, they started out in a great way. I love that. I love that. I, I, I had a quote this morning that popped up. It said, a person who has their health has a thousand wishes, but a person without their health only has one. That's right. I was thinking, yep. wow. So take care of your health. Take care of your and health. Pray, pray and pr daily. Pray daily. Pray daily, especially when you have a bad day. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we need it most. We need it most. So if people want to learn more about you, how to bring you out to their organization, to have you come and speak and share, uh, how to learn more about your, your book and other things that you're producing, where do they go to find you? Well, I appreciate that. Well, the best way is my website at davesandersonspeaks.com. You can get pretty much get a hold of me or uh, get my information. But you know, LinkedIn is really where we're putting a lot of our information right now and a lot of our content. So LinkedIn under David Sanderson would also be another way to get in touch with me. Perfect. Well, we're going to make sure that's in the show notes. So if you're listening in, make sure to go to the show notes, click those links, go and visit Dave online, find him, connect with him. He is a very good man that I've known for quite some time now. Um, and... 
If you like this episode, if you know someone who needs to hear this episode, please share it with them. We believe that sharing is caring. We like caring people around here, so make sure to share. And uh, Dave, thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Jarek. Thank you very much. And everyone else, I look forward to seeing you all next episode. 